Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Little Chapters podcast. I'm Kate and Jess is here. I am here. She's here. And so today, well, as many regular listeners will know, we always talk about a theme and our thoughts about it. So today is word of the year, but what happens after January? Oh, there's a twist to the tale. A twist to the tale. Because I think we well, we were talking about it and, well, the truth is that we had intended to do an episode on Word of the Year in January, but we completely missed the boat on it. <laughs> we did. We Well, we recorded, we sort of block recorded, didn't mm. we, in the beginning and then came up with all these ideas for podcast episodes that we wanted to do. And by the time we it would have come around to Word of the Year, I think we were well into February with <laughs> yeah. episodes, so we thought... <laughs> Oh, maybe we've missed that one. But I really love this idea because it feels different. It feels like the usual thing to do would be to talk about Word of the Year in January. But hey, that's boring. Let's talk about it in April instead. And then we can find out how it's been going. I'm excited to find out how your Word of the Year has Mm -hmm. been going. But I'm thinking about maybe people don't know what a Word of the Year is. Do you think everyone... I don't know it feels like the traditional thing is new year's resolutions right yeah it's funny it's like as people say when you're thinking of buying a new car and then you see that car everywhere I kind of feel that way about word of the year like I definitely saw more about word of the year than resolutions in January but maybe that's because I was looking out for it more I don't know it might be your crowd as well my crowd crowd your crowd your crew I feel like they're very (laughs) word of the year type people (laughs) I don't think I read about Word of the Year in magazines anywhere. Mm. It was all still resolutions online as well. So I guess it's a shift, but it feels like a very natural shift. It feels in line with the more fluid self-care, not beating yourself up kind of trend Mm. that is going on at the minute. I hate New Year's resolutions. They just don't work for me. Well, that was definitely something that I saw actually a lot more of was if not quite word of the year a lot of articles and things about yeah like resolutions are dead like you shouldn't beat you shouldn't beat yourself up about not achieving Mm -hmm. stuff like it's not positive all that kind Mm -hmm. of very self-carey kind of stuff and kind of choosing different things so yes yeah even if the mainstream isn't quite at word of the year yet there's definitely a backlash against the resolution. There's definitely a shift. There is. I've just had a flashback to January now when I got back from holiday and I went to the hygienist who is a very mainstream kind of lady and she had no idea what word of the year was because she was asking me what my resolutions were, just mm. remembered now. And I said, oh, I don't do them. I do word of the year. And she was like, oh, what's that (laughs) well you know resolutions just feel like a bit of a stick to beat myself with and I never tend to stick to them so I have a word instead which is a word that I've chosen a word that feels right that I want very it does sound quite woo when I'm saying it out loud (laughs) a word that I want to you know guide me along throughout the year and a word that I can turn to in times of in times of struggle and um, as soon as I'd said that, she she came out with how she was really into the Calm app and she'd be meditating and listening to sleep stories. Mm. So, 
yeah it's that it's that rise isn't it of this new trend of self-care looking after yourself not being too finite not being too harsh it is there but I think the general term is still resolutions but the the backlash is is coming for sure so how did you choose your word or is this the first year you've done word of the year this is my second year Mm. with word of the year my word last year was wholehearted which is very Brene Brown obviously I read the gifts of imperfections via the recommendation of my friend Jen Carrington and it was a an instant hell yes this has to be my my word of the year Mm. after I'd read that book it just felt like the right one so I had that one last year and then it it really worked I found it incredibly useful probably more so because it was very strongly linked to a book that had really spoken to me and really helped me and that it literally sets out how to live a more wholehearted life so I had much more of a guide and then so yeah it worked and obviously I wanted to do it again so from about ever the over planner from (laughs) about July I would say I was on the lookout for my new word but I didn't want to do it too strategically. I wanted to, very woo, very universe. I wanted the word to just appear and mm. feel right. Because I know, you know, there are workshops that you can go to to find your word of the year. And you can, there are, mm. you know, steps that you can follow. But I wanted to take a bit more of a, a natural approach with it. And I think it finally came to me in November because I remember putting something on Instagram like is it too early for me to start talking (laughs) about my word of the year one of the polls yes no and most people said no but I still didn't actually write about it until later on but it actually happened in the bath which is where (laughs) most of my favorite ideas come from to be honest with you I get I get loads of ideas in the bath yeah it was just laid there candles lit scented ones all lovely and it just it just came to me and my word for this year that was a very long introduction to it mm. my word for this year is acceptance Ooh, I know Ooh, it did feel like it needed it needed one of those Ooh. so that's how I came to find it but it really do you know it's funny it it started bubbling the word acceptance I would say when we went on our little mini creative retreat mm. to Wales last year and it was just this this kind of tug of the gut that do you know what Josh you need to ease off a little bit Mm. (laughs) you need to be a little bit less intense and you need to just work with what you've got and rest into what is Mm. instead of constantly trying to force things constantly trying to change things just accept where you are right now specifically because thinking back to that time in particular I was very unsettled with where I was work-wise I wanted to be much further along than where I was and I was I was having quite a hard time with that instead of just enjoying those beginner months years even Mm -hmm. you know and accepting accepting that and then also acceptance of myself I think through therapy that's come up as like a giant theme of mine mm. something that's really difficult but yeah all these throughout the back end of last year I just got all these little 
all these little sparks, these little signs that I wanted more acceptance in my life. And that's what I wanted for the following year to focus on. And did you kind of not give up on wholehearted, but did that cease to have so much significance for you once you'd kind of started thinking about acceptance more? No, I think of it more as like a a building on, Mm. actually. Wholehearted, I still feel like the word wholehearted is very close to me. I think it's just thinking it's probably a book I could do with rereading. But no, it wasn't a case of, okay, I'm letting go of wholehearted now and now I'm going to fully focus on acceptance. It's more it's more fluid than that. It's more of a, I feel like I'm, I've worked really hard at the, the wholehearted steps because Brene Brown steps sets out all these different steps and it's things like letting go of imperfection. I think there's things about allowing yourself to be really silly. There's one about, oh, letting go of comparison. And I think authenticity is in there as well. But it, it's a great book. I, it, I, highly, I think actually it's her best one, although it's probably not the one that's most well known. But it's it's really, really good. But yeah, so moved away from that a little bit and moved on to acceptance. Hmm. I don't know what your word of the year is. I've forgotten. What, mine? Mm. I'm going to do the long story as well because that's okay. Fun. So I feel like I did do one for 2017, but cut up for the life of me remember what it was wasn't it steer no that's last year's 2018 oh. was steer and i was looking it up before we started speaking and i literally like scoffed to myself because that was an example of a disastrous word of the year in that i basically did the opposite of the word the whole intention behind steer had been that towards the end of 2017 i'd felt a little bit out of control with things because we'd moved and set up the business everything was like happening and i wanted to feel like i was steering the ship in a direction what actually happened is i said yes to everything and was the most out of control that i've ever felt in my whole life But I know I wasn't very conscious of it through the year and there were occasional times I was like, oh yeah, I was supposed to be doing steer this year and that's not working at all. So yeah, I basically gave up on the word pretty much in March. (laughs) Oh, so literally like the traditional stereotypical resolution kind of thing. Well, I guess I don't want to say give up. I kind of forgot about it. It's not like I consciously was like, Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that anymore. But I'd set out in January, as everybody does, with really great intentions about it, and then just forgot to keep checking in with that word, Mm. and then felt like I'd got way too far with it to be able to draw it back. Oh, that's a shame. Well, yeah. I think that's common, though. I think Mm. it can feel like that. It can feel all or nothing, can't it? Like Unless I live by this word the entire year, then Mm. I may as well just give up. Yeah. Although I do think, actually, I did start to reclaim a little bit. But I think it was more a kind of, I literally can't go on or I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, how did you, how do you feel like you sort of reclaimed it by you, the end of the year? Yeah, I think it was more like, oh my God, this is not sustainable. Like, I cannot live like this. Like, it's physically impossible to carry on at this pace and just doing what everybody else wants me to do and saying yes to everything I literally can't do it I actually need to steer yeah (laughs) yeah so that kind of happened but then so for this year it's a completely different tack my word of the year this year is fulfillment 
Ooh. Mm. I like that. That's a good word for you. Mm. I, mean, I, I can't believe I didn't know what your word is. Have you written about this? Because I'm going to be really yes. embarrassed now if you have. Oh, God. Yeah, I wrote a really great book called Swallow. <laughs> oh, my God. I may, I maybe missed that one. I'm reading it as soon as we finish recording, I promise. I mean, it's totally fine. I notice things about acceptance all the time. but <laughs> So, fulfillment. And it was quite interesting, actually, because... Up until about midday on New Year's Eve, my word of the year was going to be alignment. Oh, this is, yeah, I remember, Mm. this is the one I remember. Because that was something that I was craving. And especially after that, I just made that decision to start saying no to stuff, to reclaim things about my time and my work and that kind of thing. And so alignment was something that I was really, really drawn to but I didn't really know what it meant. (laughs) So I kind of felt like I should choose a word that I actually really fully understood rather than it just sounded like something that I'd like that, but I wouldn't actually be able to live in any kind of practical way. I think it has to feel right as well, doesn't it? Yeah. You have to feel that click with it and know, oh yeah, this is is the way I want to Mm. go. It felt like a good big word and it kind of, it did feel right, but I was like, I don't understand how I'm going to, check in with alignment you know every month or whatever so I changed it to fulfillment and the reason I've chose fulfillment is because we've discussed this before about Susanna Conway's Unravel Your Year workbook but I'd been working through that book and the word that came up over and over and over and over and over again was fulfillment I was like hmm maybe that's a sign literally it came up on the page yeah yeah I kept writing it over and over in answer to all sorts of different questions yeah. Yeah. So, and I guess it's kind of like the alignment thing is actually a part of fulfillment. And it's much more about kind of a way of being, which I think is maybe where Steer wasn't quite there, which was very work specific. Whereas fulfillment is more just about like feeling grounded and spacious and abundant and all that stuff. Yeah. It's more overall life, isn't it? I mean, Steer mm. can be, but I know you probably interpreted it as more of a a work word is that right yes yeah as as I do with everything (laughs) yeah well you're a big new year goal setter aren't you yeah I guess I am yeah you love to do the whole planning new year new new goals that kind of thing I like a bookend I like a kind of historical significance kind of here we are at the beginning of the year and I like that clean, I get a real clean slate feeling at the beginning of the year. I get that as well. I get it in September as well, that new year, new school year Mm. kind of feeling. That's like a second new year to me in September. I always get a rush of motivation. But thinking about it, I think spring is actually a really good time to set goals. Feels more in line with nature. Mm. A lot of people are doing that now. That that kind of that winter New Year time doesn't feel like a prosperous time to be starting to make things. Whereas I can spring understand does. that because mm. everyone's skin after Christmas, everyone's exhausted after pushing themselves right up until you know the end of the year, and then it's January, which most people find quite quite a sad mm. sad little month, don't they? <laughs> well, it's a long month to be fair. January, it's dark at night. If you if you're the type of person that's motivated by those sunny days and spring flowers, you're not going to feel motivated to come up with a a word or New Year's resolutions in January. 
which is probably why it's a good good time to be talking about our our check-in because mm-hmm. I mean, it's all well and good setting the word of the year having a word of the year but then what happens after after you write the blog post <laughs> after you've written the incredible blog post which just feels like a terrible friend for not reading yeah what happens so how did it go for you are you feeling fulfilled yes and no <laughs> um, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like, let's let's get down to reality here. Mm. I think compared to last year, I've been more aware of it than I was my word last year. But then again, that's also not a lot. It's maybe popped into my head like once a month of like, oh yeah, your word of the year is fulfillment. How's that going? <laughs> Can you write it down anywhere? I'm just wondering if it might. Oh uh, yeah, I I really should do that. I yeah. should put it in front I've of seen my people face. make banners for mm. theirs, really beautiful, creative banners. Maybe mm. I'll write mine down and pin it up. Because I didn't have a vision board either, which oh, you yes, do. Oh, yes, I did that. Mm. Yeah, I did the vision board thing, but I don't have my word of the year written anywhere, and I wonder, maybe we should do that. Mm. Maybe we should get tattoos. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Imagine I'm not that if you got a tattoo tattoos. of your word of the year every year, like your whole art. Oh, just I've been getting all mine removed. I'm not having any more <laughs> tattoos on. Oh, just acceptance over your yeah, chest. Yeah, acceptance. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I've been kind of checking in with it. Work-wise, it's going pretty well, actually. I've been very consciously moving towards work that I find fulfilling. It's slow, but I'm just going to have to be okay with that. And just actually really paying attention to, like, is this fulfilling me? Is this, you know, energizing me? Or is this, do I hate this? <laughs> and trying to kind of do more of what I do find fulfilling. I love that you're doing that. I read something about doing, I don't know if I sent it to you, it was in the New York Times the other week. And it's basically an article about how to be happier at work, how to enjoy work more. And it's really, really simple exercise, but yeah it's really useful so I'm going to talk you through it it's basically draw a line down the middle of a page write love on one side and loathe on another it's Mm. a bit like the pros and cons list that they Mm. did in Friends you know they were trying to decide if if Ross should get Rachel (laughs) or not and then every time you do a task slot it into one of those two sides Mm. you just reminded me I don't think you've been as direct with it as that or have you I don't know what's been your method Well, that's kind of like my, I did uh, an exercise called the work-life graph, which I wrote a blog post about. And the reason I I did it. I read that one. Thanks so much. (laughs) Um, The reason I did that was because the love and loathe felt too binary. Because there were some of things where like, there were elements of it that I liked, but you know, I didn't either love it or hate it, but it, it, belonged somewhere on a spectrum I was going to write a list and I was finding like I need like five columns whereas actually just kind of placing them very intuitively on a kind of on a set of axes of this feels more like I enjoy it than I don't but also it feels a lot like work and not not like work you know so Mm -hmm. that's why I did that kind of exercise and that was actually really helpful for kind of seeing what were the things that lit me up where it's not been quite so successful is with more life stuff because I tend to forget that life is for living <laughs> and 
that's always I love that that (laughs) book that you posted the other week how not what was it how not to always be working yes (laughs) how to not always be working Perfect. yeah which is my life but yeah so if we kind of forget about that so it's always a kind of second thought of oh yeah god what is what's going to fulfill me in my life but I have news oh (laughs) news we need to do a little drum roll (laughs) following on from from the hoppies episode slightly actually this week I went to the shop and I went into the range and they have like a little art section and I bought myself a sketch pad and some sketching pencils and I've done one sketch my mouth is wide (laughs) open this is incredible Everyone needs to do a round of applause for Kate. That's incredible. You did a, you actually did, I actually did it. A you sketch. actually did a sketch. Well, and you know what? I was bringing it all upstairs to put away. And then I just like, looked out the window and I had a pen and sketchbook in my hand. I just sat down and sketched what was out the window and it got dark while I was doing it. But I did it. And you know what? That's amazing. And I was really abbing and ahhing. I stood there literally looking out the window, pen and sketch pad. And I was like, I might hate myself when I do this. But then I started it. I was like, hmm, actually quite good. (laughs) And yeah, so I did that. And that was like an hour until it got dark. A little bit of fulfillment in my life. (laughs) Well, that's what I wanted to know. Like, how did it feel? Did it feel fulfilling? Yes. Oh. Oh, strong yes. That was a, yeah, it was very, like, in terms of the fact that I very much lost myself in a moment Mm. and the time passed, but that it felt like I had, I liked that kind of sense of achievement of, here's a thing I did. Yeah, yeah, the creative side of it would have Mm. sat really well for you. I'm jealous. I mean, I've bought some watercolors and some pencils and a sketch pad last year and I have I'm well I did I did a couple of plant sketches but I have not been I'm nowhere near that mm. I'm nowhere near sitting down for an hour and sketching it was an accidental hour. so jealous <laughs> no don't play it down don't play it down I'm so so proud of you <laughs> your word is working clearly yeah so I did that so that was like a triumph but that was literally this week so we'll see where it goes from here again I think I feel like it's that spring thing again like now there's more there's literally more light hours in the day to be doing things it's almost like you know you wake up in the morning which for me is like 10 30 and then it gets dark at four like that's a very short day to be doing anything fulfilling yeah it's getting better again that's why it's a nice time to be setting new goals and thinking about new directions Mm. it's a nice time to be taking new things on spending more time awake (laughs) so how about you and acceptance how accepting are you i (laughs) (laughs) oh naturally i am not a very accepting person because i i I struggle with chronic perfectionism so Mm. i constantly want to change things all the time i you know something's really good I will think about how it could be better or what I want to change about it. And I realised the other night, we went to see Take That in Sheffield, which was incredible. If anyone can get <laughs> tickets, go and see them. It's Obviously, if you're a Take That fan like me, <laughs> it was just 
90s nostalgia heaven. Do they do all the old stuff? They do. Oh. Of course they do. They put they put white shell suits on to do sure and did all the old dances. And I'm not like a jumping around dancing arms in the air kind of girl, but, <laughs> but I, I, was. I was that night. <laughs> <laughs> Literally screaming. It was fantastic. But no, my mom got me the tickets as a Christmas present cause experiences over things, obviously with the whole minimalism thing. And she, she said, yeah, do you know, I don't think I'd want those ones and they were more expensive, you know, but I think I'm happy with these ones. And she said, I'm always looking for which seats I would have rather had. And I thought, oh yeah, I get this this from you. I get this um, constant perfectionism. from you whereas I was more than happy like the seats were amazing we were so Mm. close to the front I was more than happy with with those seats but in comparison I was much more accepting of them than than she was but I think yeah my chronic perfectionism maybe I've um I've got that one from my mom but acceptance is is still something that I'm working on it does feel like it's fallen out of sight though which I, I think these things do I'm going to write it down. I'm glad that we've had this mm. chat and come up with that. I'm definitely going to write it down and and pin it up so that it's a constant reminder. Because well, that's interesting because I thought you were pretty on it with it. With acceptance? Yeah. I feel like you talk about it quite a lot. Maybe. I, in what way? Like you'll, you'll be talking about something, then you'll be like, but acceptance. <laughs> or, or like you're reminding yourself of it. Yeah, maybe it's a... It's a subconscious thing. I just don't think I've had it at the forefront mm. of my mind in that it's been, like I've still got my vision board pinned up and I look at that all the time and there's a lot of acceptance on there just in like words that I've I've pinned up, like imperfections up there, creative life and the, yeah, there's an, mm. an old, older lady on there that I've specifically pinned up as in, She's been put in a, a glossy magazine, yet she's she's older, but look how happy she is. And she just looks like she's really comfortable in her own mm. skin. So I put her on there specifically. But no, I haven't had it written down. I guess with, I mean, with therapy every other week, I'm, I'm constantly working towards acceptance. That's always a big theme that, that comes up for me there. What, but I have struggled and I've been through a really rough patch, I think, this last month. Mm. with acceptance with just myself in general just not being feeling that great overall self-confidence wise acceptance wise just being a bit off this last month I don't know what's I don't know what's triggered it but where I've really struggled I'm just trying to think of an example I've really struggled with writing stuff and book stuff in particular Mm. like what came up on my vision board was that I really, really, more than anything in this world, want to write a book. And I also would love to have a column and I'd love to have more published work. And it's it's really, really difficult. It's been really difficult to do. And I've written, I wrote my first book proposal and I did get that sent out in January. And I sent it out to a load of agents and just got four, five reports replies which yes is great because like some didn't some didn't even reply Mm. Uh, but they were all rejections they were Mm. all no it's no it's not for us and that's that's been really really tough to accept in a way that 
I haven't resorted to, okay, well then I'm never going to try and write a book because obviously I'm not good enough and there's no place for Mm. a book written by me in this world. Instead, and that has been a like a gigantic struggle. The first rejection letter that I got, they're not letters, we're not in the 90s, are we? <laughs> they're emails, Jess. The first rejection email that I got, I couldn't say it out loud for two days. Mm. I, I just internalized it and let it consume me for two days. And then when two days had passed, I told Jason, and he, well, he was really great about it. And then I think the next day I told my friend Jess and I told you as well and that felt good to just kind of get it out of me and then I was more okay what you actually need to do is just accept that that isn't the right place for your book Mm. and that you're gonna you're gonna have to keep looking but you're gonna have to keep looking and just accept that's not the right place for it you're not quite there yet but that's okay and trust that it's still all coming to me but I need to carry on. I need to carry on with the work. So yeah, that's been my great big mm. accept. That's been the biggest acceptance struggle, I think, of the year. But rejection, so like, I just really struggle with rejection. One thing that made me feel better was reading Stephen King's On Writing, which for anyone else who wants to write is is a fantastic book. I think I've talked about it before. And he talks about how he used to literally collect his rejection slips and they were slips back then (laughs) in his day and he used to pin them all he used to have like a a nail or a pin or something on the wall and one after the other he'd just keep putting them up there because he saw it as doing the work biding his time it was all part of the process so I feel really inspired by the way he approached rejection I feel like that was a very accepting thing for him to do instead of giving up he kept going Mm. and how are you feeling about it now I feel, well, I just had another rejection this morning, so Mm. (laughs) I ain't feeling that great about it. (laughs) But look, if I want to do it, we talk about this all the time, I need to carry on with it. I need to keep going. And that's what I want to do because I want it more than I want to give up Mm. and just throw in the towel. And I want, I almost want to try and find the joy of it all as well, because I think about thinking that this thing is going to come to me what I what I do want is going to come to me if I carry on working and I want it badly enough eventually I'll be able to look back on these days and think oh god you remember that that time Mm. when you just kept getting rejections oh didn't it feel awful and I'll probably I'll probably laugh about it so I'm trying to take myself out of it and the biggest struggle of mine is to detach my self-worth from it so a rejection letter isn't a rejection of me as a person. Mm. Like I'm, I'm still okay. I'm still, a, I'm still a worthy human being. It doesn't mean that I'm crap and I should be on the slush pile. It's just that my work isn't right for that particular person. It doesn't make me any less of a human. I have to hang on to that else. I'd literally go insane. Mm. And do you think acceptance specifically is helping with that? I think it does because I think that trying to get published in any kind of sphere magazines books whatever it's tough it's a long it's a long slog it doesn't happen overnight for I haven't read or heard a story of it happening overnight for anybody Mm. there is a process that you have to go through and it's it's almost about accepting beginner status 
and then leaning into that beginner status and trying to let yourself enjoy it because it, it this is the situation i can't do anything about it other than carry on putting one one foot in front of the other in you know moving towards what it is that i i really want to do and again acceptance feeds into it because I've accepted that that is what I really want to do, whether that means I get rejections or not. That's that's what, like you said, that's what lights me up. That's what I want to carry on working towards. So I need to accept the path that's going to take me there. Mm. It's all part of it. Mm. It's all okay. I'm telling myself it's all okay. <laughs> it's okay. Can you tell me it's all okay as well, please? It's all okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but no, it's a struggle. I mean, we think... Well, we don't, I I didn't think that, oh, I'm going to have acceptance and then everything's going to be rosy and perfect. I think you can set out on, you know, having a word or a resolution or whatever. It's difficult, isn't Mm. it? I think that's why you come up with that, that word in the first place is because you want more of it in your life. You want it as a guide. And you want to plug a gap as well. That was where mine came from was very much plugging a gap and Although there's been strides, there are there are also like still days where I get like really martyry about stuff, and I'm like, mm. nope, I don't deserve fulfillment. I'm just gonna work really, really hard and do nothing else <laughs> because like that's easy, that's safe, that's what you've always done. But yeah, the yeah, point you can of really this argue word with is... yourself about it. But that makes sense because you're almost trying to you're trying to change behavior patterns, mm. and sometimes those behavior patterns are so ingrained in you they'll they'll really kick and scream and shout for you to to revert back. Mm. I mean, my default is to just give up with mm. I'm going back to book stuff and writing stuff. My default is to just think, yeah, and do you know what? I knew I wasn't good enough. I knew I knew I wasn't talented enough. I'm just going to leave it now because this hurts so Mm. I'm gonna find something else to do that's that's my default and that's why having a word there to kind of using your own word you know re-steer something to hang on to and that that ignites change that enables change but you you do have to keep it close by we need it on the wall you see Mm. need to be looking at it every day (laughs) yeah and that I think that's what's interesting is because I thought you definitely would have had it on the wall and, and I you, do put things on the you wall. You do do that. Yeah, and that, whether that does make a difference because I don't know how realistic it is to think that it should be front of your mind like the entire time. I but, think this is where I've gone wrong, you know. I think I've like, done all the work on it, written a blog post about mm. it, put that out into the world. I think I did a few pins for Pinterest about <laughs> it as well. And then I've done nothing about it. Mm. So, of course, unless I'm reading my old blog post, which I never do, of course, I'm not going to have it at the forefront of my mind. I think finding ways to do that is a really good idea. But that's what I mean. Does it need to be at the forefront of your mind constantly? Or do you just need to be aware enough to check in with it when you need to? I think it depends on what the word is. Mm. But I think I would benefit from having it. And I'm thinking about journaling as well. I, I would quite like to journal around it a little bit more than what I do. But my brain is so full it's so on steroids and overloaded and overstimulated. I've got so many thoughts up there. You know, it's very difficult <laughs> to keep remembering things mm. that I want to keep remembering, which is why I write things down. So yeah, that would be that would be handy for for me to have in particular. I think mm. well, I haven't had it at the forefront of my mind, and I think that's because I haven't had it 
written down. But then you say you think I've been doing it anyway. So, mm. oh, I don't know. <laughs> Who on earth? That was very Chandler, wasn't it? I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Interesting to test. Mm. Yeah, we'll have to do another check-in and, mm. um, and see how it goes. But it still feels like the right word. Does yours still feel like the right word? Yeah, it feels like it feels like the word. Mm. And like, do you think maybe steer was the wrong word and that's why you let it go? Yeah, and I think it's maybe an issue with it being a verb. That's interesting. Like, because it, it's not open enough. It has to be actioned rather than it can't just be thought about or experienced or things like that. And it's not something to work towards. It's something to work with. I think that mm. was kind of part of the issue. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. It's less of a, a thing to aim for. Mm. And you quite like your concrete goals, I'm guessing. Yeah, well, and it's less something to kind of imbue in your life. Mm. Like you have to just steer. That That's all there is. But fulfilment can come in in all sorts of different ways. Yeah, for sure. Do you think it's too late for people to set a word of the year now? Yeah, I think it probably is. <laughs> Imagine if I said that. Obviously, I don't think that. My gosh, my heart just sank. People wanting to set themselves. Imagine. Imagine. You missed the boat, guys. You missed it. (laughs) We've gone without you. No, I do not think it's too late. I never think it's too late. I think, you know what? Because I could have done a word of the year in November last year and it would have really helped me. So I don't think it's. It's, I think you could even break it down and have like seasonal words. I know, well, because being boss, I think is probably where I got the word of the year thing from originally. They have words of the year and then words of the month, which That's I think intense. might be a bit much. That's intense. I think I got, yes, yeah, I think I got my word of the year from you. I think, yeah, you're the first person that I remember talking about it. Mm. But yeah, it makes sense that you got it from being boss. I, I don't think I could have a word of the month. It all feels no. a bit too much. Word of the year is like plenty. Yeah. But to have, and I think that having some kind of seasonal themes as well can be helpful, but that are linked to that word. Oh, that's a good episode idea. Okay. We'll, we'll write that one <laughs> write down. Write it down. Swing around back to seasonal living. But no, it's not too late for people to set no. it. If anything, I think it's a great time to set either a new word of the year or just revisit mm. the one that you set out because you know a little bit now like whether it's going to be working or not yeah because you've got a feeling and I think that's important as well like obviously steer wasn't right for you but you could have come yeah, up with another exactly. one exactly I just did nothing instead yeah there's no that we always think we've got to do it right don't we mm. you know we've got to set the word of the year in January and then we've got to keep up with everything about it otherwise we just put it to one side and forget about it and we failed Mm. But it's not, you know, that word was clearly just not speaking to you, mm. and you needed you needed another one, is all, which is which is fine. What yeah. tips would you give people who maybe have never set a word of the year before, didn't set one in January, mm. but would like to set one now? 
So what I did in the blog post that you didn't read. <laughs> this is why I don't know what your tips are, isn't it? Um, uh, well, I went through what my intentions were for the year and actually some woo manifestations or just things that I wanted to achieve that year. So actually starting to think about those things, I think is a good way to get you to your word of the year. Because if you think about these are what I want to do, this is what I want my life to be like. These are some things that I want to have in my life. What What's the word that encapsulates those things? So for example, some of mine, my intentions, God, was more living in life, more space and time around creativity, make the business work best for me and nourish my body and mind. So all of them are kind of fulfillment in another way or they're a a symptom of it so yeah yeah. that's just that's a really good word that encapsulates all of that for Mm -hmm. you to think about I do think it's a case of forward thinking I think it's a case of thinking about either where you want to be what kind of a person you want to be what you want more of in your life and then I think it's useful to think about where you are now sort of reflect on where you've been you know, how that's been going for you. Mm. And then you can kind of think about that gap, about what what do you need in your life to get you from where you are now to where you want to be. And then if you can put that into a word, Bob's your uncle, you've got it, off you go. <gasps> Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Bish, bash, bosh. <laughs> <laughs> so after our chat, how are you what are you gonna do how are you gonna live your life differently yeah (laughs) what are you gonna do differently if anything now that you've kind of done the the check-in I'm thinking I'm I'm gonna write it down and put it on my little pin board just write it down you're gonna go make a fancy banner no because that's way too much pressure yeah it's too much for me as well yeah it's I'm gonna write it in my worst handwriting (laughs) oh I love that make it really imperfect (laughs) I'll just stick it on there I'm going to do the same. Yeah, and I'm, I'm interested to see how that reminder, that daily reminder will work because I think mm. that thus far I've kind of always accidentally remembered that that's my word of the year. So yeah, I'm just kind of interested to see how that works out, having the constant reminder before I want to change anything else too drastically. Because that's quite a drastic change, going from occasionally remembering to seeing the word every day. That is drastic. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to go downstairs and write it out on a crafty post-it and see how that goes. And I may, maybe not, definitely not daily, maybe not, I don't know, weekly or monthly. I think I might journal around it. So I might use a journal prompt like, how have I embraced acceptance this week or this month? And then just see what comes up. Um, I might do some tarot. (laughs) I think you should do some tarot. How would you do some tarot around it? I don't know off the top of my head, but asking some questions around like, how can I embrace fulfillment this month and doing, working out what's, maybe that's just pulling a card or maybe Mm. I can research some specific spreads about that, but. Or you're going to have to come back and tell us Mm. all about your spreads, Kate. Okay. So let's open up the post box. Well, We're going to open it up, but also talk about it (laughs) and talk about the kind of things that what the post box is there for above and beyond. It is a purpose. It is a purposeful post box. It's a purposeful post box. Wow, that's really hard to say. So yeah, you you kind of talk about this because this is a real, real, real passion project for you. It is because I feel like the community that's growing around 
the little chapters is incredibly special and I get so many DMs from people who listen and I see so many shares and Instagram posts and you know clearly the conversations that you and I have Kate are transcending and throwing up things for people and I think it's such a wonderful thing that the the world that we live in right now means that we can carry these conversations on and that's very important to me and it's just a beautiful idea that we can have these inclusive conversations and grow a very special community around the podcast so yes the post box it just feels like it brings it brings everyone together and I think if you do have opinions on what what we're talking about or own your own stories that you want to share by all means please send them in because the post box isn't just for questions as such I think it can be a little bit a little bit more than that what do you think yeah I agree I think that if you're listening and you think oh my god they could not be more wrong (laughs) all the other way around or like just says you've got a story that or something we say just like your story is the perfect illustration of it then send it in because we want this to be about you as much as it is about us and yeah we'd love to share share your stories as well yeah I think we can all we can all benefit from from that and what I mean what a time where I think we've got male listeners but especially if I say this constantly especially as women (laughs) you know no one this is a, a really this feels like a really special place and there's no one to shout us down or tell us to shush we have a space we have a platform where we can speak and our voices can be heard and I don't know about you Kate but I feel a great privilege in being able to do that not just for ourselves but for other people as well because the podcast is clearly sending clearly sending waves so let's use the post box for that as well it doesn't just have to be questions we want to hear from you mm-hmm. But having said that, we are going to answer a question. <laughs> yeah, of course we're going to answer a question. <laughs> so today's question comes from Rachel and she says, Hi, I love your account and your podcast. I'm going through chemo for breast cancer at the moment and the way I am viewing everything is changing. Reading this made me think what hurts me the most and for some bizarre reason it's asking for help something I talk for hours about with my closest friend. I find it so hard and it makes me feel worse that if I think about people not liking me. I'd love to hear you and Kate discuss it. Do you find asking for help hard? Why or why not? And how can it become easier? Have a great weekend, Rachel. Rachel, I'm so sorry that you're going through chemo for breast cancer right now. My heart goes out to you. And I think that, well, I know... Well, I, have, I didn't have chemo, but I know when your health is in jeopardy that it's an incredible vulnerable time. So I understand why it can feel harder to ask for help during that time as well. And I really relate to the fact that the way that you're viewing things is changing, which is actually a really good thing. Like that's a, that's a, can be a really positive thing to come out of a, a horrible situation. Help-wise, I am great at asking for help if it's to do with work, like improvement kind of stuff. Where I really struggle is taking up space for other people with my own problems. I feel really uncomfortable about that. So I I wouldn't be able to phone my friend up and say, I'm really struggling with this, I feel 
feel really, really rubbish. I need, I need some help. That's something that I would have to be a pretty much breaking point at actually to, to be able to do that. But it's something that I'm working on because I think there is a, a beauty in being able to ask for help. Like I never think, I never think bad of someone who asks me for help. I actually really like it. I love to be the mm. helping hand. I love to be able to be there for people and support other people, but I struggle to let pe- other people be there for me. And this was a, it was actually a big test for me the other week. I just wasn't, wasn't having a great time. And I, d- I did end up going round to my friend Jess's house and I, she didn't know that I wasn't having a great time because I, I don't talk about it. I don't ask for help like that. And I literally sat at a breakfast bar and just burst into tears <laughs> said, I'm feeling really rubbish right now and I'm so sorry that I'm putting this on you. And bless her, she loved it. Like she cooked me jacket potatoes with cheese and beans and put like a blanket round me and we stayed up for hours talking and it actually brought us I'm really close anyway, but it did, it it brings us a, a closeness that you can't have unless you engage in a little bit of vulnerability with somebody, I think. So as scary as it can feel, what happens on the other side is is worth it and usually what we're really craving. But my fear around asking for help all stems from this belief that I've got that I'm, you know, an awful person and I'm not likable. And if I take up too much of someone's time or space, they'll just kick me to the curb. So I know that's where it comes from. And an awareness of that is is quite important because then I can try and rewire that horrendous little belief that I've got about myself. I don't know what, are you, are you good at asking for help? I feel like you are. Really? <laughs> Why do you think I why do you think I am? Maybe from a work point of view, or maybe just because we've become such close friends that you feel like you because you ask me stuff all the time. Mm. Oh, maybe there's loads that you're not <laughs> asking me now. <laughs> now I want to know. I think I ask for permission, not for help. Ah. Yes, you do. There's a difference. Yeah. Well done. Mm. Yeah, so I ask for I ask things as a roundabout way of asking, is it okay if I do this? Whereas actual, like, genuine help, I've got a lot of stoicism around that. Like, I have a a certain value set inside me that is very much about being stoic and being the martyr and holding holding everything close and dealing with it in a very, just inside myself rather than out in the world. Do you see it as a bit of a weakness? No, I don't. I see, I do feel like there's kind of two parts of me. There's the part which I know is a little bit more conscious and then there's a part which is a bit more true, but that I don't necessarily like as much. But that part of me definitely sees it as like a really good thing that I don't ever share about stuff and I'm really stoic and I'm not any bother. And Like it's a strength. Yeah. The opposite is weakness. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's a lot to do with control. And that, and control being a defense mechanism, which might be where Rachel's coming from, is that if when you ask for help, you are rescinding some of that control and you're admitting that you can't do something and that is an unsafe place to be. Yeah, it's vulnerability. Yeah. So to to not ask for help and to, to hold all those cards really close to your chest and just stoically deal with it is is the way that you're controlling that element of your life Mm. which for some things it can work with but if you're worrying about it it's obviously that mechanism is now failing you in 
in that part of your life yeah I think that's the point isn't it like how is that serving you yeah what is it what is that actually doing for you and if it's doing you no good whatsoever if it's causing you pain problems worry then you need to do something about it and Mm -hmm. maybe underneath it all is that what you really want is to embrace that vulnerability to get closer to other people so that you feel like you're more supported by them and the way to do that is I don't know if it's just a case of exposure therapy and you just have to do it just have to take a deep breath I mean start small if you need to I imagine take a deep breath and dive in and Mm. practice it Mm. it's hard though it's really really difficult it is really hard and I find for me uh, an understanding of the root is helpful Mm. so to know oh I'm not doing that because it feels like losing control is helpful because then I can deal with losing control mm. and deal with the cause rather than just the symptom. So yeah. to kind of dig into that a little bit more. But then also, as you say, a bit of exposure therapy in that that's something that definitely with you, I talk to you about stuff that I don't talk to, I would could not, literally could not say out loud to another human being. And, okay. And that's so a that, Yeah, that's why I think Yeah. You- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is a practice. I wonder though, you know, I I wonder if overall, culturally at the minute, we are encouraged to have this idea that we know it all and that we're okay and we don't need to keep asking for help because every, you know, we only have to pop a question into Google to get the answer. There's this whole expert culture at the minute and that we've all got to have it all together all the time. And I wonder if that maybe feeds into it. Because it's interesting that both you, Rachel, and myself were all struggling to ask Mm. for help. So there must be so many, it must be a thing if Mm. all three of us are struggling with it. I wonder where that that comes from. Not many people are sending the message out there that it's okay not to be okay and let's all ask for help. I thought that was, I was going to say the exact opposite thing. I thought that was where you were going with this, that, Yeah, because with a lot of the talk around mental health and thing, it's like, oh, you should talk. Oh, ask for help, ask for help, ask for help, ask for help. And I find that quite like there's now an extra level of shame around not being able able to ask for help because you're being told you should. Exactly. Right. Yeah, that's my point. I thought you were saying the other (laughs) thing. No, the people who are sending out that message, I don't want to make generalization, but often when I, when I've, feel those messages coming to me they're usually from a a little bit of a holier than thou kind of status an expert status instead of maybe telling their own personal story Mm. and yes I do feel like it puts more it can put more pressure on and it can attach more shame to it because you should be asking Mm. I don't wanna (laughs) no it's really difficult it's Mm. really really difficult I think we see more talk around the fact that we should be asking for help as opposed to real life stories of people asking Mm. for help and what the results of that were so all we end up with is a you know a bit of a how-to guide that makes us feel bad Mm. (laughs) so I'm not surprised I'm just not surprised that, that we're all we're all feeling that I'd be interested to hear from other people who maybe feel that way Mm -hmm. or have another view on on why that might be 
Mm-hmm. But I hope that that helps you, Rachel. Yeah. Sending lots of love. Yeah, you're not alone in that. And absolutely not. Yeah, look for some look for some causes and do some experiments. There will be so many people in your life that can't wait to help you and make you jacket potatoes with cheese and beans <laughs> and whatever else it might be that that you need from them. They they will be they will want to be there for you. I'm sure. And if you've got a question or an opinion or a story that you would like to share with us, you can email us at thelittlechapters at gmail.com and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Little Chapters. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode and found it inspirational and perhaps a little bit galvanising too. If you have a friend who you think would really benefit from this conversation, please do send them the link to the episode. Yeah, we want to reach as many people as possible and hopefully build up a bit of a community around the podcast as well. So if you can think of anyone who might benefit from this episode, please, please share it with them. And if you could leave us a review and a rating in iTunes as well, that will help to boost us and help other people find us. Thank you so much and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.